Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Talk, um, a podcast where Amit and I, we talk about uh, various technology-related topics. Every week, we choose a topic and we dive deep into that topic. Today's topic we, is Chromebook. We are going to talk about various aspects of Chromebook, uh, how it's different from all other kinds of laptop and the technology behind it, uh, mainly Chrome OS and various other things that makes up Chromebook. Uh, it is a very interesting subject. Uh, uh, Amit and I were talking about it just earlier, uh, and you know, we were talking about how the where the computing, uh, where the future of computing is going, and a lot of it is moving into cloud. And Chromebook is a flagship product, which is, you know, which is leading our. Um, which is leading our conversion to cloud computing. So yeah, very interesting pro product. Hope we'll uh, hope you'll enjoy the talk today. Uh, so Amit, what do you think about uh, Chromebooks? So first of all, thanks Renat again for the uh, good introduction. I think uh, Chromebooks uh, are going to be there. Um, they have been there for almost 10 years now. It was first released in 2011. So it's been 10 years since uh, we have uh, Chromebooks or Chrome OS with us. So Chromebooks are nothing but uh, devices that run Chrome OS. Um, so it's it's in the form factor of a laptop uh, or maybe a tablet with a keyboard. So it's in that uh, form factor. Very lightweight, very efficient, but it runs Chrome OS. It doesn't run Windows. It doesn't run Apple's Mac OS. Uh, it doesn't run Android. So it, it runs a completely different um, operating system and uh, they are very popular these days especially among students and even the workforce so yeah i'm quite excited to talk about it yeah me too me too i mean to be honest i actually didn't know about chromebooks until like four or five years ago i mean i didn't i didn't know the journey from beginning but when i found it out i wasn't really sure i was a little bit reluctant that what kind of os is that where you know everything is cloud-based and um you know there is very very uh, limited specs on the laptop itself and i wasn't really sure what what future it would have but then the more i thought about it then the more the technology progressed and i saw how uh, flexible and how rich cloud computing can be i you know, I was sold after a few years uh, of seeing the journey and how the Chromebook is improving and actually enabling a lot of people uh, to computing in, in uh, various third world countries where a fully, you know, a fully spec laptop is difficult to afford. So, yeah, it has a multifaceted uh, benefits and um, it is a new era of computing itself, I think. Definitely, it is. It is definitely a new era. Uh, I mean, uh, cloud computing became mo more popular when uh, businesses had to uh, run a lot of machines to run uh, different uh, softwares and systems, and uh, they wanted access from all over the world or remotely. Um, so that's what actually uh, propagated the use of uh, cloud uh, computing. Um, it first started with. Uh, normal computers with physical devices and operating systems installed installed on those physical devices then it moved to um, virtual machines where you could have virtual machines on one physical device but you can have multiple virtual machines on 
one single device so you can have multiple operating systems and in each of those operating systems inside the virtual machine you can do or run whatever software you want from that concept we then headed to the cloud so instead of now running the virtual machine on your machine you run it on a remote machine to which you connect and on that remote machine you again run a virtual machine so aws azure uh, Google, uh, uh, Work, everything, G Suite, uh, they are all basically uh, leading on from that uh, concept. So devices, virtual machines, and then cloud. But uh, yes, I mean, slowly what we have seen is that uh, everything has moved to browsers. Right. So yes. uh, instead of doing a lot of computing now from a uh, operating system, you do a lot of activities in your browser. So you you chat with uh, your friends. You don't install an app. You go to a web browser and you chat uh, using the browser. You make a video call using the browser. You uh, open app office applications, which you can now. Uh, Office 365 offers you to open a Word, Microsoft or Excel document in the browser, edit it as well, create a new document, edit as well. Um, and then um, because everything is op opened in the browser, you can also store it in the cloud. So there are a lot of things that you can now do with a browser. What if? Yeah, that, uh, that is uh, yeah. <laughs> that is that is such an important observation, really. I mean, that's that's one of the first thing I thought that. Um, oh no! You know, if it's if it's uh, Chromebook, if it's something like Chromebook, then how would I use all the desktop applications that are so important to me? But then, more and more, I thought about, I, I realized uh, throughout various years that more most of my activities on a computer has become very much browser based and because of it um, you know i have used less and less of the actual desktop applications and things that i store in desktop i mean i was i mean one of the one of the things that was really difficult for me to shift was my uh, music because i had my music collection and i was very happy and proud with with what i had and i was listening to it from desktop and then I tried to fight it. I tried to not go to Spotify or Apple Music, but you know there are there. You know they have such a vast collection, and all the new music are coming in there. And how would I get the new collection without purchasing it and things like that? So um, yeah, most of the most of the work that we do nowadays have become browser based, and the things that we don't do can now is, is now possible to do it on a browser so um, if everything all of our activities are on a browser then why not on chrome browser which is actually one of the most popular browser anyway and uh, chromebook enables all of that in in one single laptop solution which is actually pretty nifty yes so you you hit the point uh, why not uh, chrome browser because it's the number one browser in by market usage in the world so yeah but not everything you can do in a browser like uh, photo editing softwares like photoshop video editing softwares um, so you can't run those from a browser well to be honest nowadays you can <laughs> i mean you know maybe maybe the, the really like high spec requirement like really like where you need a lot of you know like a 4k video or an 8k video each, yeah, each second is about probably... a gb yeah, yeah, that you probably can't do on a on a browser, but 
you know, if there are websites where you can just literally upload a photo, edit it, and then, you know, uh, get your results straight away and video as well. I mean, this could be another topic, but I was, I was looking at another website where there is an AI where, which will, uh, you know, you give it a transcript and it will show, you know, it will create a video where AI generated human, you know, human, um, uh, is is speaking the text you just provided it so yeah i mean even uh, even that kind of work is also going going on on, will, on yes uh, there is uh, if you've heard of cloud gaming so that's also now quite popular uh, google yes. stadia is there microsoft has one offering and some of the other players are also working on it so basically cloud gaming is uh, play video games uh, from your browser so imagine, right. imagine that. So if everything becomes a cloud, then uh, goes to the cloud, then the only thing that remains is your operating system. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, I, I think the first, the very main thing for me was when I came across it, I thought that, you know, there are more benefits to using a desktop computer with all of my, you know, higher processing power and graphics card. But then the more and more, I think in the last three, four years, this happened a lot more that the benefit of having all of these things in cloud far outweighed what I had on a computer. I mean, I could have a computer and then I would have to think about upgrading it if I needed to do some really heavy piece of graphic design or mobile app development or some sort of something with a physics engine in it, things like that. But now I can create a VM for a month with a really high spec and then I can decommission that VM after when I don't need it anymore. So the benefit of cloud computing is so much you know, so huge nowadays, they far outweighs any argument anyone would have for desktop computing. But then again, I mean, there are still probably reasons why you might need a good desktop, but nowadays I think they're both hand in hand. I mean, so, not, 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 no one yeah, side true. is... True. Uh, I think I think there are still certain use cases, certain industrial applications that for, for which you still need uh, a desktop, uh, so, uh, sorry, a Windows device or a Mac OS device, but uh, Chrome OS has their own applications and they are also important. But I think uh, one of the things that we need to focus is uh, why they are so popular. As, as we mentioned, now in during the pandemic, everyone is now working remotely. So you want to have an operating system that can be updated that can be you can install software remotely and many other things with windows you can do some bits of it uh, and you have different applications that can install the applications remotely um, so suppose you have an application um, say uh, your uh, software updates so there are admin softwares that take control over your machine remotely and then they can just install the application but with the browser now because everything is in the browser Firstly, you need very less uh, storage space because everything is running from the cloud. The second thing mm -hmm. is less RAM. So you don't need 8 or 16 GB of RAM. You can run with 2 GB RAM or maybe 4 GB at the max. Um, and then you don't need um, a, a very fast processor. So we normally end up buying an i7 Intel or an AMD processor. So you don't need that. You can maybe do away with a very... Um, a lesser power processor and what that means is energy savings because 
because you're using yes. a low spec machine so your battery will last longer on a single charge yes i mean the only thing you need which needs to be good is a good internet connection and nowadays um you know uh, more or less everyone have a, has access to you know good good internet speed and stuff like that so um yeah that's the only thing you need and then everything is running in 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 virtually somewhere else and you have access to all kinds of creative tools yes uh so initially when chromebooks came uh chrome os had this limitation that you could work only when you were online but slowly and gradually you, now you can work offline as well so a lot of your wow. google drive files you can work offline uh and uh, some of the things that you download so normally in a browser you do download files it's not like you don't download files like pdfs photographs you do download them so chrome os has uh sorry chrome books have storage as well so for downloading some pdfs for photographs but then when you want to open them you open them in a browser or a browser based application that's where the difference is if you open, yeah. if you take a tablet an android tablet you do have storage there and then when you open a photograph you can open it in google photos right mm-hmm. so similarly you can then have google photos on your chromebook and then run it and initially when chrome os came it didn't have all the google play store apps from android but now chrome os you can download any app that is there on the play store that's one of the things i was thinking as well that yeah play store has a large cl- collection of different apps but um you know this is this is where you know probably there is still a little bit of you know a journey or a little bit of you know uh parts to go for chromebooks because windows just have like such large history of different software programmers developing various desktop application yes. for i don't know you know since 1995 or even earlier so all of these um developers you know primarily developed for you know desktop application for windows and the first thing they do you know for any business to to reach the maximum customer base they start with windows and then obviously depending on the need and uh, customer feedback they might go on mac os or android or chromebook but usually the desktop application is the first first point to start so that's where probably one that's probably one place where chrome os is is still needs a little bit of um um you know a, a path to go uh to reach that that place to to go hand in hand with with windows but it doesn't need to go hand in hand with windows and that's the use case for uh, chrome okay. os because uh, why do i need uh, uh, like a 16 gigabyte of operating system on my machine that occupies yeah. that much space why why can't i do with a very small um storage a so small size file that can run mm-hmm. on any machine and it doesn't need to be that powerful of course Yeah right okay. so i mean what would what would happen in this case for example if i want to use a particular desktop application that was only developed for windows i can't use that in chrome can i you can't but um, uh, so and that's where some of the limitations are but if you look at most of the applications now they need some kind of uh, internet access Uh, mm-hmm. zoom uh, so we, zoom we, we are currently recording this video on zoom so that needs internet access so even though it's a desktop application it still needs internet access so maybe you could run zoom on chrome os and you can actually you can run chrome os uh, sorry That's zoom on chrome true. os because it's an android app 
That's true. And also, I think the more important question, I think uh, my earlier question was, can I use this, this desktop application in Chrome OS? But more important question, I think, is that can I perform this activity or can I get this output in Chrome OS? Because I don't need to use that particular application that is only available in Windows. There is probably, you know, similar apps in uh, you know an android play store or in chromebook that does exactly the same kind of thing i just need to learn the interface of that new app and uh, you know that's that's a completely different question than oh i absolutely need to have this application because that's that's you know that's actually hindering productivity to begin with you you, you know you should be adaptable to learning new softwares anyway so, so um yeah i mean uh, if you look at play store there are like uh, three different types of apps in general. One is a completely mm -hmm. offline application, which is called a native app. So you you can work without the, any internet connection. Uh, one is a hybrid app, which uh, you can do offline, and it also needs internet connection, maybe for some updates. So like you download a game, it needs to update. So a hybrid app normally. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, you have a completely uh, internet apps which cannot run without internet connection. So right. you cannot access your email uh, without an internet connection. So Gmail is an internet-based application. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you can access your emails which are stored offline, but you cannot send any emails, you cannot uh, receive any emails till you actually go to the internet. So I think that's uh, important. So that's on Android, but uh, and you can run the same applications on uh, Chrome OS or Chromebooks. And uh, that's the biggest advantage now, because earlier it had the limitation when it was released, you can only download the Chrome uh, extensions or the Chrome web apps, which you could download from the uh, Chrome settings in, from the tools menu. But uh, with the Google Play Store, you get a lot more access. So even Microsoft application, which are used, which are considered to be the productivity applications for the entire world, you can now access them. So I think that's a game changer. And then when it comes to gaming, you have Google Stadia, which is cloud gaming, so which you can do from browser. So for your day-to-day -day activity, going to uh, websites, uh, shopping on Amazon, uh, checking your email, listening uh, music on Spotify, watching videos on YouTube, playing game on Google Stadia or something else. I think all most of these activities you can do from a browser. The only thing is when you have a very big file that you want to edit, cut, paste, all those things. For that, you might need some specialized applications that may not be working with uh, Chrome OS or on Chromebooks. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only only example I can think of is I was working on a CAD project a few days ago, yes. and you know the the software I was using, Autodesk Inventor and AutoCAD, they're not available. They might, I mean, I, who knows? But they might not be available in in Chromebook. But again, um, the argument for Chromebook is that there might be other CAD softwares that are available, and you can do your CAD design and get the same output from from a different software. But again, yeah, I mean, this is this is obviously, you know, there are uh, benefits and, uh, you know, limitations both. In, and in uh, I think uh, th there are other other applications like progressive web apps, PWA, which are now getting very popular. So suppose you go to yeah. YouTube music and uh, you want to install YouTube music as a desktop shortcut. 
so when you go to your chrome browser it gives you the application and if you go to youtube music it gives you the application to download the youtube music as a desktop application which is nothing but a progressive oh. web app then you log into oh, that app and then you can play music from your oh, desktop right. so, so you don't even have to open the browser <laughs> it, it is still using the internet connection it is still using uh, some kind of uh, uh, chrome i i think some browser interface but you don't mm -hmm. have to now open google chrome you just install the application on your machine as a desktop application and that play music so, yeah. so those are also uh, the other advantages plus if you look at uh, from a developer point of view there is a lot of uh, development that uh, sorry a lot of development has effort has to go uh, when someone has to uh, build software so suppose i want to build a mobile application which is for android which is for um, ios which is for windows or whatnot and then suppose you want to provide linux support so now i have to look at different code base plus there is a problem of architecture do i do 32 bit architecture do i do 64 bit architecture that's on a x86 processor and then you have arm processor which are mostly on mobile phone mm -hmm. so do i have applications built for mobile phone so there is all of this headache but for a browser yeah. you just build it for the browser okay. you don't worry about the architecture wherever browser opens the application will work so that's why but people focus again, on that i mean to be honest the only only thing is that you know you probably also have to make sure it runs on different browsers like chrome and firefox different browser, uh, yes but chromebooks yeah. are running chrome os <laughs> so we we are not talking about yeah. safari we are not talking about I, edge yeah yeah i mean and also chrome is one of the the not one of the the most popular browser in in on the internet right now so and, yeah uh, Another thing is Chrome uh, browser is actually based on Chromium, the open source project, Chromium mm -hmm. browser. So like Android is based on the open source, open source project, Android open source project, AOSP. Uh, and uh, the Google Android uh, comes from that. And similarly, Chrome is based on Chromium uh, browser. Now, there are a lot of browsers that are now Chromium based. So any apps that work on Chrome will work on those browsers. So yes, like there is Microsoft Edge has moved to Chrome, <laughs> Chromium based. So it's now a Chromium based browser. Firefox is experimenting. It's in the beta phase, but it's experimenting yeah. with uh, being a Chromium based browser. And then there's the new browser on the block, Brave. Brave, which is also Vivaldi. based on Chrome. So yes, they're all Chrome. I've, I've recently installed Brave and it literally just imported all of my data from Chrome in a second. Exactly. It, it just it more or less looks like Chrome as well. And it's uh, it's it's actually very cool to, so to use. It's, it's like this. You have Chromium, the open source project, and then you have Google Chrome, then you have Microsoft Edge, then you have Brave and Vivaldi. They all are derived from the same base code but they are all customized a bit so the branding yeah. will be a bit different from google chrome to microsoft edge but they are white labeled yeah so it's yeah. it's like yeah so it's a it's a project like that so now you have a chromium browser so any apps that work on one browser will work on the other browsers as well so you don't have to worry about compatibility which is again a big issue uh, so that's why browsers are becoming more popular because if something runs on a browser, then you don't care about what's the operating system. So, so here's a thought. I mean, I've, I'm, I've, as we're talking, I'm also thinking what could be a limitation from for Chromebooks or for this this new concept of technology. And I'm thinking one of the things that we always need to take, think about is security and privacy, right? 
And the fact that everything is in cloud, you know, suddenly ring, rings alarm bells that what about security? But then again, you know, knowing as much as I know about cloud computing, I also know that security shouldn't really be an issue nowadays with everything being encrypted, all, all of the connection. And, you know, nowadays, AWS, Azure, you know, they all provide state-of-the-art security and privacy, you know, as much as, you know, the, the, the latest advancement in, in these areas you are getting them in, in cloud. In fact, you could argue that you're probably, your data is probably more secure when it's, you know, when it's in their hands and also not just secure and also the, 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 not just security in terms of someone will hack it, but also security in terms of that it's, it's not going to get destroyed. I mean, you have your hard drive and if you, you know, maybe you have an offline backup that you do every month or every three months, but they have a backup every second maybe you know they have a like a running life backup on on all of their you know cloud storage so even in terms of getting destroyed your you know your data getting destroyed even there you get more security in in cloud computing the only thing i can think of is for businesses who have for some for certain legal reasons that they can't have their data stored in a certain countries uh, storage system. Say, for example, a UK-based company who are dealing with, say, for example, private UK government data or things like something very sensitive, and they don't want that data to be stored in a uh, in a data center, for example, say in US or in, or in another country. And that's when it might be a, some sort of there might be some sort of difficulty or some sort of restriction or limitation to achieve that. Apart from that, for an individual, I can't think of any any issue with security or privacy in, in cloud computing. I mean, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to go against it. I'm trying to find reasons why someone wouldn't use cloud computing, and I can't. <laughs> and that's the only thing I could come up with. But no, yeah. So, yes, security is a big thing. Um, when it comes to Windows applications, you keep, not applications, Windows operating system, you keep hearing about these viruses and these uh, other things that can infect windows machines crash so yeah there's a lot of problems and when uh, operating systems crash you can lose data which you're working on but of course with uh, chrome os everything is in the cloud so whatever you're dealing with it's uh, being from your browser so it gets saved automatically but uh, bear in mind cloud computing um, they say it's secure but it's only secure if it's configured securely so whenever uh, so 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 suppose I have to set up an Azure environment or I have to set up a AWS environment. Then when I'm setting up the environment, I have to make sure that I make it secure. I put the right firewalls, I configure the right uh, stuff, the DNS, etc. And then that cloud computing environment is safe. If I have to use Google Drive or Gmail, just as a consumer, I don't have to configure anything, then yes, using Google application, very secure. You don't have to worry about any hackers as long as you don't share your passwords, you don't repeat your passwords, you um, have two-factor authentication enabled. It is very, very difficult for someone to hack into your Google account. Yes, and, yes, absolutely. And because you are running a lot of Google applications <coughs> from the Chrome browser, like YouTube, uh, Google Play Store, Google Stadia, Gmail, Google Drive applications, then uh, all those applications and your data on it are pretty secure. The only time that it can um, be a problem is suppose you go to a 
website which is not secure which doesn't have HTTPS certificate so Google now will give you a warning if the website doesn't have a HTTPS uh, protocol in front of it then Google will give you a warning and that means you should be very careful when you are uh, dealing with it because it could be a fake website plus you have to be careful when you are downloading attachments from emails so of course there is always that security risk no matter how secure a system is you, uh -huh. you fall into this phishing attacks yes i think i think in the in these situations the responsibility falls into the user i mean they have to know how exactly. to configure it and also they have to make sure they followed a good password etiquette you know all the things that you mentioned etc so yeah that's those are i mean these are very much doable and nowadays most of us are computer literate anyway and uh, you know we know how to sort of navigate ourselves within within the realms of internet so uh, but, yeah uh, but here I, mean, <laughs> I i want to counter argue not everyone is computer literate nowadays especially the elderly uh, they ah, were yes. born in a generation where they were not used to devices. So for them to be comfortable with using um, these devices, it takes a bit of a time and effort from their end. Um, and uh, they can true. understand all the concepts, but then it has to be very simple uh, and easy for them. Otherwise, it's very difficult. That's why uh, I've, I just um, had a chat with my um, company's IT guy and they said that um, Apple devices are generally uh, idiot proof devices right okay so with android you need a lot of customization but with iphones you do need less customization it just works out of the box so it's right, right. Yes. that's why a lot of elderly uh, use iphone of course iphones are very expensive so not everyone can afford so that's why in developing worlds like india china uh, uh, no, not China. China is yeah. China is almost there as a developed country. Say Pakistan, <laughs> Bangladesh. We are developing nations, so that's where Android devices are more popular uh, because they are much cheaper. Um, so we have to be always be careful. Like, okay, is everyone computer literate? So we cannot take that as a, make that assumption. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that was a mistake on my part. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. And to be honest, if you also notice a lot of the scam attacks uh, are, are, you know, where the victims are actually elderly who are often, uh, uh, you know, no, no understanding what is actually going on. And it's actually very, very sad to, you know, to, to sort of know about this as well. They're, they're, you know, they've worked their whole life and they have their pension that they just got and then they're being scammed for, you know, over the internet for, for not knowing, um, you know, some of the things that we, you know, we know. So, yeah, it is absolutely important that, um, that, that kind of security or, you know, as you said, uh, the idiot proofing is, is, you know, it's, it's probably the job for the, for a good UI designer and, you know, a pass, you know, the, the, the department who looks after the customer, you know, the user interaction of, of an application to, to make sure that it's easy to understand and very transparent in terms of what is going on. So, and, and that's why Chromebooks are now, uh, getting more popular because, now, um, say elderly, they don't want to deal with software updates. I don't want a Windows mm -hmm. machine with uh, regularly worrying about my software updates. If I have everything on the browser, then I just go visit the website, do my thing and log off. That's it. So it's it's very simple. So that's why it's very popular in schools, in colleges, in universities, where uh, people just don't have to worry. And uh, now in uh, workspaces as well, uh, Chromebooks are getting popular because you have Google G Suite uh, or the Google Work 
workspace uh, i think that's what it's called and uh, with that you can then uh, deploy enterprise level applications like google meet uh, google drive etc gmail and they can use it for their productivity uh, and it's it's quite uh, uh, easy and cheap so uh, uh, a big organization can deploy a lot of uh, laptops or Chromebooks very quickly. So, so Chromebooks has those things, but Chromebooks is now uh, competing with Windows, Mac OS, Android, iOS, etc., Linux. So there are different operating systems, and then there are different developers working on these operating systems. Microsoft makes only one operating system, Windows. Apple makes two operating systems, Mac OS and iOS ios is for the uh, mobile devices and mac os is for the uh, the personal computers or the desktops now apple is working towards uh, m1 chips so because of the architecture difference between the desktop and the uh, mobile so if you have a chip that works for both uh, mobile as well as uh, desktop then you can write the same application once and it will work nice. on smartphone as well as the desktop. Windows, nice. uh, Microsoft is moving from Windows to Windows 365. So where you get a subscription-based Windows solution. So you don't have mm. to install Windows. You use Windows as a cloud operating system. Google nice. has two uh, operating systems, Android and Chrome OS. So they have to maintain two different versions of source codes. Now they are trying to see if they, and plus they have different devices. So uh, Android works on smartphones, on tablets, then you have the Chromecast devices, then you have the Nest devices, the thermostat, the Nest hubs, the Google Nest Hello apps, uh, the doorbell, um, and then you have Chrome OS, which is Chromebooks. So you have all these devices and you have two operating systems. What if you can make one operating system? So Google is trying towards uh, going towards that and the operating system that they're working towards is called Fuchsia. So Fuchsia oh. is basically the name of a plant and that's the new operating system and that's trying to combine Chrome OS and Android. So in one yeah. of the future releases, we will see one operating system. So developers have to write operate uh, the application once and they then um, can run it on multiple devices and it's mostly towards iot devices so uh, i think fuchsia has already released on one of the nest devices so that's their playground so that's where the early uh, beta version has been released but right. with the other uh, chromebooks and mobile phone i think it will be released subsequently and with that they are also moving from uh, so there are i think two key concepts one is uh, writing their own linux kernel and the other is uh, going with their own programming language. So they are slowly moving away from Java because of licensing issues from Oracle. So they don't want to right. use Java anymore. They want to use their own language. Um, and uh, they and Linux kernel is very monolithic. So in case something uh, crashes in the kernel, um, then the whole kernel crashes, the operating system will crash. So Google is trying to move towards a micro kernel architecture where you have different modules so you can upgrade and uh, if one module crashes it doesn't crash the whole system so all these concepts are aiming towards the future but that future is cloud 
but it's not just cloud it's all the devices that you use you use a mobile phone you use a smart uh, sorry a tablet a laptop you use iot devices what if you could have one operating system that works on all yes absolutely i mean i think this is this is one of the one of the key things for developers and you know it is i can imagine it's um it's very frustrating that you you've built a application you know you perfected it you spent time on it and then oh you have to do the the whole thing over all over again for another platform and then imagine there is another update and you keep having to do it do an update and the change in all of these uh, different uh, different uh, platforms and it is very tedious and it is is frustrating as well and i think whichever you know wh wherever it's easier for the developers it ultimately ends up being more beneficial for the users as well it's easy i mean to maintain as well right so you can yes, uh, you yes. can develop features quicker so rather than creating yeah. an application for Android, for I, uh, Chrome OS, then for Windows, so now you have, and then for Nets devices, if you want them to run it on those devices, then you have to build mm -hmm. a separate application. So if you have a common code base, it's easy. Make one app, it runs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, th that's what I was saying. If you make life easy, if you make developers life easier, ultimately the users will benefit and it will make their life easier because they will get better updates quickly and, uh, you know, better, better features on their applications that they're using. And uh, also uh, you have to bear in mind that uh, technology is now everywhere. Software is everywhere, especially after the pandemic. What has happened is we are stuck at home. We are using our laptops and desktops, our smartphones, our tablets, and we are using a lot of electronic devices. We are securing our houses with uh, digital cameras, digital doorbells, um, and uh, we have uh, these voice control devices. We have Google Home or Alexa at our, uh, we have smart uh, lights. We have so many things now that are uh, running in our house, which are all controlled by software and each of those softwares have an operating system what if you could control yes. everything that's what <laughs> google is trying to do it will reach there but uh, for now their experiment is with chrome os and that experiment started in 2011 so 10 years ago that experiment started and they had this idea what if we just need a browser to run everything Mm -hmm. Yes. No. This is this is an absolutely game changing idea, and um, I am really glad that I, I know about it. And um, although I don't have a, I don't own a Chromebook myself, but the idea is so good. And so, you know. so here, here it is. Hear me out. So you don't need a Chromebook. You can have a virtual machine mm -hmm. with the Chromebook. All oh, right. Okay. So I actually uh, so as as we were planning to do this podcast, what I did yesterday was I downloaded a Chrome OS image. A, virtual, mm -hmm. uh, a VMware image and uh, then I installed VMware and then I installed the image on the uh -huh. VMware platform and then I was able to use Chrome OS. I just use oh, this is this account. is very interesting. I mean, yeah, you use virtual, um, you use VMware, I use VirtualBox. So today I'm going to download the Chrome OS so, as well, and I'm going to have a have a. So here I mean, catch. I have here is the catch. <laughs> oh, yeah. It used to work on VirtualBox, but now it works only on VMware. Ah, virtual right, virtual right. Virtual box. But VMware is also free. So the VMware mm -hmm. uh, workstation player is free. So uh, with the video uh, that we release, we will share the link to, uh, on how to download the image and then play with it. 
Okay, this is probably a different technical topic in itself, but I don't think VMware and VirtualBox uh, can be installed in the same desktop application because when I was installing VirtualBox, I had to do some BIOS changes where how the uh, processor would do some sort of high, for, uh, you know, some sort of virtualization of, of things. Okay. And um, I think you have to either choose one or the other. I can't remember the settings I, I chose at the time, but one works for VirtualBox and the other works for VMware. But I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to see what it was. I mean, it was a long time ago. I, I have two OSs in, in my VirtualBox. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to try and see whether I can also yeah. do VMware. Yeah, I think it's same. about a 2.5 gig uh, download for the image. Mm -hmm. um, right. Then you have the VMware download. And once you import it, becomes about 6 uh, gigabytes. So version, but I think, yeah, you're right. VirtualBox and VMware, they ha they handle uh, different file formats. So the files are not compatible. So if you have a VMware, I think you cannot open it in VirtualBox and vice versa. <clears throat> but I've noticed that because I've used both VirtualBox and VMware, that VMware seems to be more stable. The only disadvantage of using Chrome OS on VMware is that it's a bit slow because it's not designed to be running virtually. It's designed to run on Chromebooks. Mm -hmm. So the reason you have Chromebooks and you don't have laptops running Chrome OS is because Chromebooks are certified and by Google and they are very tightly integrated with the hardware. So now there is one important concept called AUE, Automatic, automatic Update Expiration. So that means your Chromebooks will automatically expire after a certain date after which oh. they will no longer receive any software updates right, google okay. is trying to fix it but that means some of the chromebooks that were launched a couple of years back you can no longer use them i mean you can use oh. them but uh, they uh, cannot be uh, up updated, updated updated right, okay. okay. that's a big limitation actually. that's a big limitation <laughs> so I, I i learned about it uh, <laughs> while we uh, while i was researching about this topic aue it's a very uh, common thing so what google is trying to do is separate the chrome os from the chrome browser so you can update chrome browser like you do on your windows machine and then you don't have to worry about updating the chrome os so yeah Right, right, right. I mean, there is a solution on the way. So yeah, that's 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 uh, that's so, yeah. temporary <laughs> limitation. So but. I think uh, whenever we are talking about an operating system, we have to think about okay, firstly login. So it uses your G uh, Gmail account, so it's very secure. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have two-factor authentication, then uh, it comes about running applications. So it can run applications from Play Store. It can run applications in the web browser. So that's the second thing. Then the third thing is about uh, updates. So it can, it does updates regularly through the Chrome browser. So that gets updated uh, and then you get the new features on the OS. Um, you can have uh, offline storage on your machine. Chromebooks does have storage inbuilt. So it will come with either 64 gig or whatever gig, uh, uh, gigabytes of hardware storage that you need. And you can download files and you can open them in uh, compatible applications so, and you can still work offline so like you have OneDrive where you can have the file on your uh, local machine and it gets synced to the cloud similarly you have Google Drive where you can sync all the files to the cloud so it's it, it kind of works like that um, so yeah so I think that's where Chromebooks fit 
Yeah, no, that is that is very impressive. Overall, I mean, the technology is is you know amazing technology, and I think that's it. it definitely is a, a, a sort of a vehicle which took us from you know offline based computing to cloud computing, and uh, you know I'm sure there are more to come in future as well. There will be. But yeah, this, this was this was a good conversation. I mean, I, a lot of the things I actually didn't know, and uh, I've kind of learned from you today. But yeah, no, this this was this was really uh, informative. Yes, I mean, I, I did a bit of research uh, for this podcast, and yeah, it's an it's a eye opener because uh, till now I wanted to own a Chromebook and see what the fuss is all about, but uh, with the virtual machine image, I think it's. Uh, it's it's really impressive and uh, i think uh, people need to start experimenting and playing with technology and see what uh, they are most comfortable with ideally for me i've mostly come down to uh, running windows and using android those are the two operating systems that i'm most comfortable with so far i have not experimented that much with ios or mac os i have experimented with linux linux i think is very good um for a low powered machine it's very lightweight the operating system doesn't take a lot of space you can run it on anywhere we talked about uh, raspberry pi we spoke to the yes. founder of raspberry pi raspberry pi are again linux based operating systems so they are again very popular and uh, they can run on very very low power devices um and uh, they can do a normal computing uh, task as well um uh, so yeah i think the future is quite exciting um and um, there are a lot of devices there are a lot of operating systems and all these companies are trying to solve the problem of how to how do you maintain software how do you release updates how do you uh, make them more secure and uh, that's what everything is all about so chromebooks i think uh, uh, to our viewers and listeners if you haven't tried it at least try the virtual uh, image i think that will really give you an idea about how it is and uh, how it works and then if you like it then you, maybe you can buy a chromebook device and what we'll do is we'll give you all the links in the description so you can um, enjoy and read more about it yes yes absolutely to the audience hope you guys are looking forward to the future of this as as keenly as we are and uh, yeah i mean um, definitely do try new technologies it's fun to try it i mean you know if if nothing else you know it's fun to know about what else is going on in the world right now i mean chromebook does have a good market share and uh, it's is fun to fun to sort of play about with whatever else is new so yeah definitely give it a try and let us know what you think uh, any feedback any sort of um, insights or thoughts and you know we could share it with the rest of our audience so yeah definitely uh, get in touch um, and uh, as always if you think of a, a particular topic that you would like us to cover do get in touch and also with any feedback or comments that you have Um thanks a lot guys for listening to our podcast and hope to see you guys again next week and um thank you very much thank you everyone bye bye